Hey, this is Pastor Spencer Graham, and you're listening to Unfiltered, the podcast. Unfiltered, not modified, not processed, or not refined. Lacking a filter, unedited and authentic truth. This is Unfiltered. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Spencer Graham. It's a privilege to be coming to you wherever you listen to your podcast, whether on Apple or Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon. We've got a couple of platforms that we're on. Thank you for listening and supporting and sharing and liking and all of that good stuff. It's been quite a while since my last episode. Uh, and since I've I've had the opportunity to have any any guests on, just a lot of crazy things have been happening in uh, my life the past few months. But I thank God for the journey I'm on, and it's just a joy to be uh, just living and enjoying life. Uh, for those of you that know me personally, I did just get married in January of 2022, and. Uh, my wife and I are just adjusting to uh, being newlyweds, and I hope to have her on the podcast again, uh, this time not as my fiance or, or my girlfriend, but as my spouse. Uh, I like to joke around and say she's my wife and my girlfriend and my woman on the side. She's like the Lord. She's three in one, and uh, she doesn't like when I share that joke, but I think it's funny, so I'm just going to keep sharing that, but uh yeah, I uh, hope to have her on soon, and uh, we just got married in January, and we closed on a house in December, and I'm actually in my living room right now. Uh, it is Saturday, May 21st. She's at work, and I am just enjoying this uh, rainy Central Florida weather, watching the PGA Tour. I have it on mute, though, so any noises that you may hear, it's just my ice maker so uh, you'll just have to pardon me for that. But I didn't plan on uh, coming to you guys with anything outlined or scheduled. I don't have a guest on this episode today and hope not to take uh, too much of your time. But just whenever you're listening to this, I hope I can share something that will just be a blessing to you. I had a message prepared to preach at our home church, um, Life Church in uh, Eustis, Florida, but I didn't get to preach it. Um, just a couple of weekends ago, uh, just had 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 our our senior pastor home and felt like he should uh, deliver the word and and um, preach to the people. So I just put this message on the back burner, and I've just been thinking about it a lot. The text I was uh, reading and um, studying from, and as a lot of you may know, if you've seen on social media, May is actually uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, and I didn't even know that until I saw. Uh, some friends of mine made some some uh, social media posts about uh, mental health awareness and just kind of spreading the word and trying to to uh, raise awareness for uh, mental health and that sort of thing can be a little bit of a, a taboo subject in the church. I think mainly because over the uh, history of the church, we've just not really been. Uh, well-equipped to handle topics of mental health, and I'm s certainly not an expert by any means, so I'm not going to be uh, talking about any of that today. But I want to read from the book of First Kings chapter number 19. 
I'll just read a couple of verses, and I just I hope to just spontaneously share the scriptures with you. And whatever season of life you're in, whatever you may be going through, facing in life, uh, I just hope I can can just uh, deposit something that'll be a blessing to you. First Kings chapter nineteen is uh, picks up in the narrative of the prophet Elijah. He has just defeated. Um, all of the false prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel in chapter 18. This is this is a very critical and uh, pivotal moment in the life of the nation of Israel. And chapter 19 starts off as, as this right here. And Ahab told Jezebel, that's his wife, all, how, all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword, And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, Let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So Jezebel, who is the wicked wife of King Ahab, who was the king at the time over the nation of Israel, and they were a wicked uh, power couple, and she just basically puts a hit out on the prophet Elijah and says, I'm coming to kill you. And verse number three says, And when he saw that, this is Elijah, he rose and he he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey further into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree, and as he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Um, this this passage has just always kind of messed with my mind. The prophet Elijah, probably one of the most prolific prophetic voices and characters that we see in all of the Bible, an amazing prophet of the Lord, faithful to the Lord, uh, obedient to God, a man of great prayer, a man of fervent prayer. The Bible even indicates to us that when, when Elijah prayed, the Lord held up the rain for three years, and when he prayed again after the three-year drought, that, that, that he, had caused the, he, he had caused the rain to even fall after three years. So this, this is not just an, some new believer or some man who's you know has one foot in the world and one foot in a relationship with God. This is a mighty prophet of God, a, a, an extremely gifted and anointed individual who, who, who had devoted his life to the service of God. And here he is after experiencing probably one of the greatest victories in chapter number 18. Four verses into chapter number 19, he prays for God to take his life. In other words, uh, I've I've heard some people call him the the suicide prophet, and that's, you know, I'm 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 not an expert, as I said, on on anything that is mental health or thoughts of suicide or anything like that. But it it just has always intrigued me about this text, and uh, I want to share a quote with you because if if we're not careful, we can all we can get a little bit too preoccupied with trying to find the answer to everything. I've I've often heard it said that every every problem in life, every every question that you have in life, there's an answer for it in the Bible. And I, I don't necessarily believe that is true. Uh, I want to share with you a quote from uh, Archbishop 
Varon Ash, who was an archbishop in the Orthodox Church. They traced their roots back to um, India from the uh, early, I think, 52 AD, all the way back to the Apostle um, Thomas. He said, life is not a problem to be solved, but a mystery to be lived. I love that word. It's not a problem to be solved, but a mystery to be lived. The truth is, some things we will just never get the answer to. And I feel like we, we should be okay with the fact that there are some questions that we'll have in life, questions that we have for the Lord, questions of why did this happen or why did that happen? And I'm sure as all of us that have lived through the past two years since 2020 and we lived through the COVID pandemic 2020, 2021, and here we are almost five, six months into 2022, I'm sure that a lot of us have a lot of questions about why things are the way they are, but the truth of the matter is that we don't have the answers to everything in life. And it's and I think it's very uh pertinent to understand that is that life is not a problem to be solved, but it's a mystery to be lived. Some things we'll just never get the answer to. Um a lot of people they go through life asking themselves, what is my purpose? What is what is the purpose that I have in this life? Am I, am I purpose to be a preacher, a teacher? Am I purpose to be a songwriter, to be a pastor, to be this, to be that? And I, I, I've, I've even said this when I've preached, and, and, and I mean, you're welcome to, to uh, uh, disagree with it if you want. You, you certainly reserve the right to be wrong. No, I'm, I'm just playing around. But I don't believe that we have a purpose, and what I mean when I say that is it's not our purpose, it's God's purpose in us. The purpose doesn't belong to us, but it belongs to God. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 says that uh, God is able to work all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And so when you live the life of a believer, you have to come to grips with the fact that I'm taking my desires, my purpose, my plan for my life, and I'm just kind of throwing it out the window. And I just put it all in the hands of the Lord saying, Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever your purpose is for my life, that is what I want to be. And that is what I want to know. Psalm chapter 22, verse number one is a Psalm of David. Um, and I actually don't have it right here in, in, in front of me. So you can go and, and, uh, search that up but actually I'm I'm going to turn to it Psalm Psalm chapter 22 in verse number 1 says my god my god why have you forsaken me this is David writing to God uh just writing down his thoughts he's in a place of extreme vulnerability why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me and why are you so far from the words of my groaning? Verse number two, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and, and you are silent. But I love what he says in verse number three. He uses the first two verses to complain, to share his heart, his feelings, what he's going through with the Lord. But he follows it up in verse number three, and he says, but you are holy. 
You, O Lord, are holy. Even though I'm complaining, even though I feel like you have forsaken me, like you are just nowhere to be found, my prayers are just bouncing off the walls, I don't feel like you're here with me. But David follows it up and says, But you, O Lord, are holy. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. There are things that we go through in life that we demand answers for. And the reality is that God is not obligated to give us answers for anything. God reveals things to us on a need-to-know basis. And the truth of the matter is that you don't need to know the answer to every problem to have peace. If I, if I, was, if I was preaching this right now, that'd be an awesome place to say amen. You don't need to know the answer to every problem in order for you to have peace in this life. You just need to accept the fact that even though you don't know the answer, you know the one who has the answer. That's, that's, that's some good news right there. I feel like clapping myself, shouting myself down, laying hands on myself, falling out myself, catching myself, and I'll even put the modesty blanket over my own legs for that one. That's, that's a good point right there. You don't have to know the answer to every problem to have peace in this life. We just need to be able to rest in the fact that even if I don't know the answer to the problem, I know the one who has the answer, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that is why we have prayer. Prayer, the old song says, uh, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grieves to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer is not a place uh, to argue with God, but it's a place to get real with God. And um, that's what I love in this, this story of First Kings chapter number 19, Elijah is not afraid to tell God how he feels. And a lot of times we go into prayer thinking we have to have the right formula, I have to say the right words, I have to go through the ABCs of prayer, I have to uh, perform well in, in, in my uh, Christian uh, acrobatic movements and, and, and say all the right things and, and come with all the right formulas, but sometimes Prayer is messy. Sometimes prayer is just crying out to God. Uh, one of my favorite apologists, um, Dr. Frank Turek, he's, he has an incredible ministry that is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And he, he goes around to college campuses and high schools and uh, does lectures and has Q&A sessions. And a lot of times these, these uh, progressive students, more left-leaning liberal students who are atheist or maybe agnostic or progressive deconstructing Christians will come up to him and they'll ask him all these questions. And and I love what uh, uh, Dr. Turek says a lot of the time. He says, God is not afraid of, of, of your questions. God is not afraid even of your complaints. Prayer should be the one place that we can go and get real with God and say whatever we want to say to him. It's, it's, it's a place for us to get real and to get things off of our chest and to get things... Uh, off of our mind and our spirit and to release those things to God because he he already knows what we're thinking and feeling anyways. And a lot of times we go into prayer trying to trick God like everything is fine and everything is dandy. And the reality is sometimes we may feel like the prophet Elijah. Verse number four, he sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Um, 
the truth is that the only true sources of, of contentment is God. And it's not our accomplishments and our successes. And I love that Elijah finds himself in a place where he's not afraid to get real and to get vulnerable with God in a place where he he tells him exactly how he's feeling. Because the truth of the matter is, and I'll just share just a couple more scriptures with you and then and then uh, uh, just to try to wrap it up here. One of my favorite scriptures ever, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15 says this about Jesus. Because we know that Jesus is our high priest. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. That is a strong, strong, strong scripture to digest, especially when you when you group that with Second Corinthians chapter number five, where it says, He became sin, talking about Jesus. Jesus became sin. Who knew he became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. God became like man, like us, so that man could become more like God. I, I just love that because that shows me that nothing I say in prayer, nothing that I complain to him about, nothing that I vent to him about. Nothing that I say in my relationship with God is he afraid of or is he even disappointed in me about because Hebrews chapter 4 shows me right here, everything I've ever felt, thought, sensed, or had an emotional experience with, he himself has felt that for me. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's hope and it's encouragement in this story with Elijah because he gets real with God. He's not afraid. He's, he's not afraid to show himself vulnerable. And it shows me just a couple of things from this narrative. Excuse me. It shows me that no one person is above humility. Elijah was a gifted man. He was anointed. He was mightily used of God. But he was not above being hit with thoughts and feelings of of mental health uh, decline or thoughts of suicide or anything of that nature. Being gifted is not enough because even gifted people go through seasons of discouragement and negative thoughts and things in their life that they struggle and they face and they deal with. I encourage you to to go back and read First Kings chapter 17 and chapter 18 and just read those two chapters and, and uh, really try to digest them because they show you the life of the prophet Elijah and all of the all of the battles he faced that he saw victories in. He he went to uh he went to this woman's house who was a widow and all she had was a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, and she was going to make a cake for her and her son, and she was going to eat it, and then they were going to die because there was a huge famine in Israel. And Elijah said, make me a cake first, and she did. And God, (coughs) excuse me, and she obeyed the instruction of the prophet Elijah, and God blessed and multiplied, and they never lacked for food, even in the middle of a famine. He experienced God through him, raising that same woman's son back to life after being dead. 
uh, all, all of the accounts of chapter 18 on top of Mount Carmel being outnumbered by the false prophets and calling fire down from heaven. He, he experienced the miraculous power of God, yet that was not enough to sustain him in chapter number 19 because he sits by a broom tree. And there is just so much in this in in this text to unpack and and this is just a great text for preaching i'm sure a lot of preachers out there have 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 preached this much better than i ever could through the years but being gifted this text shows us that being gifted is not enough and we cannot live off of yesterday's victories but we must be renewed in our mind daily every single day renewed and refreshed in our mind, uh, taking on the mind of Christ and and just being being sustained with fresh uh, fresh revelation from the Word of God, fresh fresh revelation from communion with the Spirit of God. And I think that's what this text shows us. Um, and 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 I would just encourage you just just like the prophet Elijah, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, May is is a mental health awareness month, and uh, I, I encourage you. There's you know there's nothing wrong with professional help, professional Christian counseling and psychologists and family counseling, marriage counseling, things like that. Those those resources are great. Uh, I've 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 even seen a counselor throughout the years with just different things that I've gone through. I highly encourage it. I'm actually in school right now, uh, finishing my my bachelor's and hopefully my master's in psychology and counseling at uh, the um, at at uh, Liberty University. Excuse me, I almost forgot my school there for a second. All of those things are great, but nothing can replace just the realness of a real, honest, open, and prayerful relationship with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus, and we have access to that. And uh, I I just hope that encourages you today as it encourages me. Um, and I just want to just leave you with this thought right here. The prophet Elijah, if if you just have your thumb on 1 Kings chapter 19, if you skip all the way down to verse number 15, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And he also tells him to anoint Jehu and to anoint Elisha to succeed him as, as, as the prophet of Israel. Elijah's journey, see, when he left Jezreel and he was fleeing away from Jezebel and Ahab, he was running for his life. He ran all the way down to the very south-southern border of Israel, a place that God never instructed him to go. But God saw fit to use that as a place to impart something into into Elijah. And in verse number 15, he says, I want you to go back. I want you to return your way. Go all the way up north. If you look on a map, Damascus is all the way up north, past Jezreel, all the way in the northern part of Israel. And he says, I want you to return there because I have some work for you to do there. Elijah's journey back north afforded him the opportunity to remember all of the battles that God had won, all of the things that God had performed in his life, all of the all of the miraculous victories that God had given Elijah and had given Israel. As Elijah is journeying back north to continue working 
and to continue doing what God had called him to do. Now he was he he was going to be hit with these flashbacks and with the remembrance of these wonderful things that God had done in his life. And that's just a beautiful story that even when you stray to a place that God never instructed you to go, God still knows how to find you. He still knows how to how to care for you there. He still knows just where to meet you, right where you're at, to give you the perfect word of encouragement and to minister to you. And whenever you get ready to go back to a place where God has more for you to do, He's always going to remind you of all of the things that He has done in your life in the past, past victories and storms that you were able to overcome through the power of God. Uh, One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6, and it says... um, that that well, I'll I'll just quote it for you because I I'm sitting here as as I'm doing this and I didn't have the scripture pulled up, but I don't want to misquote it and get canceled. Uh, Philippians chapter one verse number six, and I and I do apologize for that. It says, "Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day." of Jesus Christ. He's able to cause all things to work together for our good because we love him. We are called according to his purpose. And so, uh, man, I, my, my spirit is just encouraged. Um, I've, I've just been chewing on that passage in first Kings 19 for the past couple of weeks. And who knows, maybe someday I'll preach it somewhere. But uh, even if I don't, it's still good. It's still the Word of God. And I hope it blesses you and encourages you as it has done so for me. Thank you for uh, just joining me again for just another spontaneous episode. I didn't plan this in advance, but I just felt like it it, it uh, just might be able to bless somebody. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to uh, get back on the horse and start Uh, recording some more episodes, having some more guests on, and just putting some content out there that that can encourage you and just uh, help you in your walk with the Lord. And um, feel free to to, uh, connect with me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I would just love to uh, connect with you and just hear any feedback, uh, see you share some episodes, and Uh, Any ideas for some future content, I am always open to. So I love doing this kind of stuff. I love the Word of God, and I love encouraging others, and I love being encouraged as well. So thank you for uh, just writing this out with me and uh, just letting me kind of open up the Scriptures and just ramble for a little bit. I hope it made sense, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And until the next episode, uh, just God bless all of you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And I can't wait to uh, come to you again with more more content. So uh, God bless you and just thank you so much for listening. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Unfiltered. I hope that you were blessed, inspired, and changed by what you heard today. You can help spread the word about this podcast by following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Spencer D. Graham. And you can also go ahead and subscribe to Unfiltered, the podcast, so you can stay up to date with fresh content. God bless you and keep it unfiltered.